try to make it a little bit better for you tonight tonight we welcome attorney pamela stewart she's the founder of the love project 404 uh you've heard miss parker talk about it this organization frequently on the show recently but what they do is they uh their mission is to provide a voice to the uh, voiceless by helping the underprivileged facing incredible hardships rooted from system systemic racism and cultural uh, biases with access to resources and financial assistance Plus, Damaris Lee, she is the owner of Sugar Baby Waxing. Listen, she's been waxing for only two years. After her first year, she thought that she could do this on her own. She started Sugar Baby Waxing, and she is doing amazing work here in Atlanta as a small business owner. She's going to talk about some of the challenges and rewards of being a business owner, as well as how she's maintaining through COVID-19, uh, this pandemic that we're all going through. Hot topics are breaking out everything everyone's talking about. Kanye West made his first uh, uh, campaign rally in South Carolina last night. So here, what uh, how that went. He made some very questionable comments. Then uh, Nick Cannon, you know, he's been going through a lot lately. He kind of hinted to the fact that on Saturday that he was suicidal. So we're talking about a lot of things in hot topics. So definitely stick around. What reminds we're all over social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, our official website, thestephennightshow.com. If you rather watch us, switch over to our YouTube channel, The Stephen Knight Show. You can watch us as we do our thing. When we come back, the question of the day and hot topics. Right back after this.
don't stop but just look at me And tell me you understand this moment is just us Believe you me Your secrets are safe with me The more free you are right now The more I can go I will not, I won't allow you keep, why you 
loving me wrong I'm tired, I'm tired, so I'm moving on You feel me, you feel me, now I'm like a bomb Stop loving me, loving me, loving me wrong Why you keep, why you keep loving me fake I've been wrote you off, you're fucking replaced And this is the end of the song for the fake Stop loving the ones who will love you I was with you but living a lie Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. If you're just tuning in, you can listen to us on our podcast at Stephen Knight Show or Anchor or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, or you can watch us on our YouTube channel, The Stephen Knight Show. All right, so Ms. Parker, how was the weekend? How's everything going? Well, before, I'm sorry, before we do that, I have to acknowledge uh, we lost two major civil rights um, leaders over the weekend, uh, John Lewis and C.T. Vivian. So definitely want to send our thoughts our condolences to our families and job well done. Thank you for everything you did to contribute to our uh, society. But yeah. So Ms. Parker, I'm sorry. How was your uh, weekend? No, no, absolutely. I think that was uh, important that we acknowledge uh, and honor those men. So yeah. thanks for serving your purpose and living your purpose uh, while you were here on earth. You definitely um, served us well. So rest well. Most definitely. Um, well, we can see when he goes by so fast. I don't really remember. Um, I took Friday off as a mental health um, day, as I told you guys last week that I was going to do and needed it. Um, that day went back pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. I should have taken two. Um, but it was good to have a, a, an extra day to just kind of run errands and not have to worry about being glued to the computer and, uh, and answering emails. So that was good. And then Saturday didn't do much. It was really hot over the weekend. Um, went to Stone Mountain. And um, after that, just from being out there, we went in the afternoon, so it was pretty hot. And being out there in the afternoon, I was drained and didn't do anything else um, after that. And then yesterday was a chill day, so it didn't do much. It was a, a quiet weekend, but um, I stopped by your house on Friday on, 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 on my way to Mike's, and then um, it was good to see you. So, yeah, good to see you, too. And I think it's my second time seeing you since Corona started. And yeah. I, I took my temperature and sent it to him on she a, sent a picture of in a text because I was not in the mood of him asking all these questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Not like a chill weekend. That can be good sometimes. Now, how was your weekend? It was good. Uh, like she said, they go by so fast. But uh, it was it was chill as well for me. I took Sunday off and uh, watched some movies and just kind of hung out with myself on Sunday. I just enjoying my time, man. But it was a good weekend, you know. Nothing, nothing, nothing crazy happened for me, unfortunately. But it was a chill, easy weekend. Most definitely, most definitely. My weekend was very productive but enjoyable. So you know, most people have been doing different projects around the house um, as it relates to Corona, COVID nineteen. People at home. I only had one project, and that was to put together this uh, picture frame to put pictures in the frame. <laughs> And he swore he did something big. Couldn't wait to show it off. So I finally did that. And then, uh, well, I did that a few weeks ago. But this weekend alone, I've made up for every project I need to do. This, yeah. uh, I'm in, you see new, my new background. I'm in my new office. Office. It looks good, too. Thank you. Which was right. a closet. It was a huge closet full of storage from when Ms. Parker stayed with me temporarily, with different yeah. movies I've had throughout the years. And... Everyone had their stuff in there. And I went when I went up there on Friday, I thought I was gonna just say hi and hang out. 
I get there, he has boxes everywhere, and they're going through it, and two of the boxes are mine, so I had to go through it. And I was just like, oh, really? I didn't come up here to work. But um, but I found some important pictures and um, grade school stuff that I left over there that I was, that wow. told him to throw out. Yeah, wow. I, told, I told Stephen to throw them out, and baby pictures and things like that that I would have definitely missed. Some wow. It just happened that I stopped by. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah. It, it, it also it was crazy because I was driving home and I saw a truck, you know, for people that would come pick up, you know, trash or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I took a picture of that and then I came home and I said, All right, so I went to the closet and this park came over. So I, I mean it was like a trip down memory lane. Virginia State Days not here. Right, right. Um yeah, I have my <laughs> diploma behind me. I see PSU. it. Yeah. yeah. I see. And um things from grade school, high school, college. And beyond, so it was it was definitely interesting. But I did all that, got my new office set up. I had I painted in here, shampooed the carpets. Jeez. Um, what else? Uh, oh, I installed a new a security system at the house. Um, just a lot of things I had been wanting to do and hadn't done. So got it all done this weekend. So that was really good. And then I um, had some friends over, a few friends over for uh, food on the grill on Saturday, which was cool. So sweet. And Ms. Parker, was, she was invited, but she was worn out from this Stone Mountain in, in the summertime. No you know what? I will never, never go that late again. Yeah. It's, fun, it's crazy because on Friday when I took off, I decided to sleep in. So I didn't go to my normal boot camp, which is 830. So I normally run two miles before I do boot camp. Yeah. So um, before boot camp, I ended up going to the 945 boot camp. So I ran like at 915. And when I got to boot camp, like I was about to pass out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember saying like, okay, I can't be outdoors doing anything physical, any type of workouts after eight o'clock. That was like my thing to myself, right? Yeah. And then on Saturday, I was just so determined to go to Snow Mountain. I didn't care what time. When I got there, it wasn't as packed as it normally is because you know us, we do not like being out when it's hot. Nope. Normally at Snow Mountain, it is a lot of people there on Saturday. So it wasn't as packed. And I know why. It was like 97 degrees on Saturday. Hot. It was hot. Yeah. So I just, when I, after I showered and I laid on the couch, there was no getting up. I literally felt like the liquid in me had been drained out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I sweat so much. So yeah. um, I felt like I lost a couple of pounds though. So that was Yeah. Well, <laughs> well they said that it felt like it was, uh, you know, um, in the hundreds because of the humidity. So yeah. uh, it, it was extremely hot. I know I was in and out, you know, doing all this. It was hot. It was definitely hot. All right, well, our question of the day is, are you comfortable with schools opening back up in the fall, Ms. Parker? I, I think th- that's why, for me, it's so difficult for me to take anything that the officials are saying seriously. Um, they give contradicting health advice and, and information every single day. It doesn't even make sense to have kids go to school without being vaccinated for supposedly the deadliest virus that happened to us in hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have us vaccinated for things that we've never, I've never gotten half the stuff that we was vaccinated for when we were kids to, to get into school. I've never even heard of anybody getting the measles and all the stuff that we had to take. Um, so you're getting, you're making people a mandatory vaccination for things that no one ever really gets but now this is the virus that's supposed to be so deadly and you can breathe and on somebody and they can catch it and all that. Then you have the kids back in school. Not only that, you have some kids, some school district saying no school, but the kids can still do activities. Mm-hmm. So they're going to football practice, cheerleading practice, but no school. I just, it's just ridiculous to me. If I was a parent, I would just keep my kids out of everything. 
who have stayed home, um, you know, do homeschooling. And I know for all parents, that's not, they're not able to. So that's right. why I'm like, I've literally just given up on the government. I don't, I don't follow anything they're telling us about Corona. It's just, it's so, it's so all disconnected. Nothing makes sense. Nothing is like a logical, you know, follow through that will make sense. If we got to wear a mask in, in the grocery store, why, why would you put kids back together? And kids are going to touch each other and play. And it's just ridiculous to me. Mm-hmm. No, you? Yeah, I don't have any kids. So uh, I, I, I don't know for certain if I'd be uncomfortable. I think I would be uncomfortable with mm-hmm. putting my kid back into a physical uh, setting or environment, such as the school. Yeah, I probably would be a little uncomfortable with that. Um, I, and I don't see what the rush is, just like Ms. Parker said kids are getting vaccinated for things ain't nobody had in the last 5,000 years, you know, but, uh, mm-hmm. let alone, like you said, this, this new thing and, and still the vaccination is, I guess, underway, but I don't see the rush. I think it should be more of an emphasis of opening schools back, but not so much in the physical form. Everybody just needs to kind of, you know, hunker down and figure out how to better, better, uh, navigate this thing digitally until we have a better idea of what's really happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, with this virus, COVID, and whatever else may spur from it. Yeah. I don't think it's the smartest thing. You know, it's interesting because um, in Florida, which is the epicenter for uh, the coronavirus here in the United States, um, where they're con- continuing seeing large numbers of people who are um, being hospitalized and being uh, test- they're testing positive. In Florida? That- in Florida, yeah. And that governor, he is pushing to open schools. He is now being sued by the largest teacher union in Florida. Um, there have been some teachers that are retiring early because it's not just the kids, it's the teachers too. A lot of them have other underlying health issues. And they're saying now the studies are showing that students between the ages of 10 and uh, 17 can can pass on the virus just like an adult. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, the fact is in Florida is even hiding their numbers now. They don't have it public where you can see the numbers of where, um, you know, who's testing positive, who's in the hospital. They used to have that public. Now it's not public. Um, even with the CDC, um, you know, the numbers and information was going to them, but the Trump administration has now had it going to another organization who reports to, to the Trump administration. And so the CDC, who is, um, not partisan, you know what I mean? They, they, they're not in charge of those numbers. So it is, you know, I agree with Ms. Parker where the government, you can't really trust them because they're not being honest with us. They're not being honest with us. But tweet us at home, let us know, are you comfortable with schools open back up in the fall? All right, coronavirus update. We're now jumped to 14.5 million cases worldwide with 606,000 deaths. Um, domestically, we had 3.83 million cases with 140,000 deaths. Florida continues, as I said, to be the epicenter with over 360 cases and over 5,000 deaths. Mm. Now here in Atlanta, uh, Mayor Keisha Lance Bonham, she wanted to enforce a mandate that uh, required everyone to wear masks when you're out in public, but Georgia, Georgia Governor Kemp signed an executive order against it and now is suing the city of Atlanta. But uh, uh, Mayor Bottom says that Kemp's move was personal retaliation, noting that the governor did not sue the city of Atlanta. He filed suit against himself and her and the uh, city council personally. So he, he, no, he didn't go after the city, he went after her names on that document, his names on the document. 
Um, New York uh, Governor uh, Cuomo, he traveled here to Georgia to uh, trade notes with the mayor of Savannah about best practices in fighting the spread of coronavirus. You know, they've done an amazing job, uh, New York has. Um, they had a public roundtable discussion earlier today. Uh, Democratic governor's trip came as New York largely has uh, the coronavirus under um, control after being hit the hardest in the other state back in March and April, which helped led to more than 25,000 confirmed COVID-19 deaths statewide. Georgia, meanwhile, has seen COVID-19 infection rates steadily increase with daily average of 15% tests coming back positive over the past week, according to Johns Hopkins University. Now, New York's rate is only at 1%. Critics, though, say that the trip was nothing more than an ill-conceived public relations stunt, uh, given all the deaths that New York has suffered. With all that, I know Ms. Parker, um, and we talk about this every week, you know, and I hear about, you know, finding our own ways to stay healthy and manage it. Has anything changed for you or just continue to do what you what you have done? It's obviously we haven't caught it, so been successful. Ms. Parker? Just, I'm doing what I've been doing, making sure that I'm eating healthy and, and you know, doing my home remedies. And uh, I'm at Arden Garden twice a week doing, you know, getting my, my uh grass, uh, wheatgrass and ginger and all that stuff shot. So I think, you know, I'm just going to continue to do what I do. Um, I know more stores are, re are are requiring a mask and I don't mind. I have it in my purse and if I have to wear it, I just put it on. Mm -hmm. um, so um, it's not a big deal. I know some people who don't wear it all the time, like myself, um, prefer not to wear it at all when, even when they're in stores, but it doesn't, doesn't, it's not a big deal to me. I'll wear it when I have to. Um, but yeah, it's, I just, you know, I, like I said, I, 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 I've always struggled to believe any numbers or anything because the government is acting, the, the numbers supposedly are showing one thing, but they're acting like they know something we don't, so. Mm -hmm. What about you, Naya? Yeah, not so much uh, has anything changed. I'm still carrying on my routines. I'm still, you know, I still work out trying to keep healthy that way. Um, still try to be very conscious of the things that I'm doing with my hands and uh, definitely with the mask when I do go out uh, you know I usually have that in and, and most of the places are requiring that you have it on here mm -hmm. um, so I'm usually mask and toe and uh, praying you know praying that if I do have it I don't give it to somebody else and if yeah. I and otherwise I just don't want to get it mm -hmm. I'm just Try, trying to stay vigilant as much as possible. Um, but I don't think I'm doing anything too, too drastically different. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm doing pretty much the same as I have been doing. Uh, you know, I'm back in the gym. This is my fourth week back in the gym. Um, and I'm being very cautious even there. Uh, what's it like most, in that? What, what's it like in your gym? How, how are people? Are they pretty responsible with spraying down? And for the most part, people are very responsible. I was joking. This one uh, woman, she came and I was on the, I was on the uh, stairmaster, and she came to get on the bike. She sprayed that bike down so bad. I thought she tried to wash it. <laughs> right, 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 right. But no, but they, but they have, um, they have the you know sanitized bottles that you can carry with you if you choose to. Um, but they have them everywhere, and they have, um, you know, most people are wearing masks. I'm seeing more and more people wear masks. Um, a lot, some don't, but uh, most people do. I know for me, what I do is I wear my mask going in. Now they do have the um, stairmasters, the ellipticals, and the bikes, and all that. They have that socially distanced. So if I'm like on a stairmaster, which is in the back of the gym, and it's in the corner, I'll take the mask off so I can breathe while I'm doing that workout. But if I'm around a group of people, I'll put a mask on. Um, 
I mean, because I keep it around my neck. I just, you know, pulled it off. Um, I bought one for the gym. Um, it was funny because I was leaving the gym on Friday, and this guy, he saw me coming his way. He put that mask on quick. <laughs> but, you know, people are trying to do what they can, I think. I feel like they are. Um, but, yeah. A lot of the gyms now, um, I know a few LA fitnesses, depending on what area you're in, they're requiring masks mm -hmm. inside. It's, it's a requirement. I don't know how that, that works, but... Um, yeah, so there a lot of gym are requiring it. Yeah. Yeah, know. my gym requires it. It requires it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, um, Walmart, which is the largest retail store, they're requiring masks because they're sending a message since the federal government won't do any kind of mandate um, that th some of these larger stores like Walmart, Kroger, Lowe's, Home Depot, um, et cetera, they're all mandating it. They're starting this week in a lot of cases that you have to do it. But I saw one video where this woman, she had like a mom and pop um, coffee store and she had a sign up there said, no mask, no service. And this gentleman came in and you know, she was telling him, hey, you put your mask on. And he said, you don't have to. And she said, yes, you do. And he spat on her foot and walked out. I've seen worse. <laughs> I've I mean, seen worse. Was, I mean, this was on the news? This was on, yeah, it was on the news. This morning I saw it on the news. All right, well, even on the crazier things, well, while holding his first presidential rally, Kanye West made some disparaging marks against Harry Tubman, and people were not here for it. While in South Carolina speaking at the rally, Kanye stated that Harry Tubman did not really free slaves. He said Hillary, uh, Harry Tubman never actually freed slaves. She just had the, the slaves go work for other white people. The crowd let out a sigh and disbelief, and some were reportedly even walked out. Now, this isn't the first time, as we know, Kanye made comments like this. Back in 2018, he stated that slavery was a choice on TMZ, which was met with a lot of resistance. As previously reported, Kanye announced that he was running for president in July. It was later reported that he had dropped out the race because he didn't file the proper paperwork in time. According to New York Magazine, uh, the exclusive report that Kanye West's quest to become the next president of the United States is over before it truly began. An interview with Steve Kramer, who is uh, a get out of the vote specialist running a firm that helps candidates get on the ballot. He confirmed that he had been hired to help Kanye uh, get, on, get on the presidential ballot in both Florida and South Carolina. Kramer explained that Yee's teams working over the weekend in Florida, formalizing the FEC, which is the Federal Election Committee, um, and other things that, uh, you know, to do what they have to do to get corporate lawyers involved and get him on there. It doesn't appear that the case to be the case or because he has since filed um, with the FEC. So pretty much Kanye West, he went there. He did not actually take up the South Carolina vote. He didn't get on the ballot because he didn't meet the deadline, which was today at noon. Um, you know, he's running independent on the birthday party. Uh, that's that's where he's running. Um, Miss Parker, did you oh, see no, the, what party? The birthday party. That's what he. That's what he's called his. Uh, oh. And he said that he wants uh, Jay Z to be his running mate, but he hadn't talked to him in a very long time. What are your thoughts with this part? You know, uh, my friend is a um, is a reporter for CNN, Ryan Young, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and he posted something on his page that really speaks about how I feel about the whole situation with Kanye. And I've said this for years. Um, the man is severely mentally ill, right? And we and, and he happens to have a platform and have money 
and have people around him that encourages his behavior instead of trying to get him treatment and get him well. Um, so I think we, the more we repost, talk about, give him more of a platform, it's really just, to me, it's just wasted energy. You know, Kanye West needs help and he doesn't, he doesn't need a platform to spread any more of his messages. Um, I was actually speaking to Ryan about what he said about, um, about Harriet Tubman this, um, doing this conversation. Mm-hmm. And what he was trying to convey is that okay, when she freed the slaves, that they ended up working for white people anyways. And then somebody posed a question. Was she supposed to, in those days, come up with a, a business plan, um, a black, <laughs> you know, uh, you're free now, years. Your, you know, your, your, your resources to open your own business and, and not work. What was she supposed to do with the people that she freed from slavery? How are they supposed to make money and live? But that's not a question you can have with Kanye. That's not a conversation you can have with him because he's not a rational person. Because if he was, he would have thought through what that statement truly meant and how damaging that statement is to everything that this brave woman stands for. Um, so I, you know, I, I just, I just don't want to give him any more of my energy or, or, or thoughts about it. Cause I just think he needs help. You know, mm-hmm. I think, I think he, he needs help. And he's even stated that he's been diagnosed with several mental, mental health issues. So I think that's really where that lies. Well, you know, um, a commenter on the Stephen I show page, Instagram page said that there's a big difference between working for white people and being enslaved by white people. Mm-hmm. So that's a big, big thing mm-hmm. too. Uh, Naya, what are your thoughts? I have a lot of thoughts. I'm going to try to quip this. So as far as this particular statement that Kanye West made, what I try to do is I try to put myself in someone's shoes as if I was that person, you know, what I want to be taken seriously when I'm, when I speak or when I uh, am sharing thoughts or opinions or what have you, I can't dismiss Kanye or anyone else for that matter in that regard, because I don't know Kanye West. And actually personally, to, to the last thing that Ms. Parker just said about him making the statement about his diagnosis. I actually have never heard this. I've heard people diagnose him publicly. I think he is bipolar. I yeah, I, bipolar. yeah. Yeah, I, he had an episode and then he ended up in the hospital at one point. Right. So um, when he I've had never, a meltdown. And he yeah, didn't want to take never, his meds, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've never heard him say this other than his album, which I thought was a play on what everybody else was saying about him. I've never heard him or his wife say this. That's neither here nor there. That's not my, my business, his personal uh, or mental, mental issues. What I can say is this. I can't dismiss him. Kanye West is a billionaire. I'm not a billionaire. Kanye West has a platform. I, I'm nowhere even on the radar of what kind of platform he has. And I'm not saying those are things that make someone more valuable or otherwise. I'm saying there is probably a great deal of things that I don't know about Kanye West and his surrounding situation. The other thing about his comment, I, I saw, I, I, I tuned in to that particular video clip that is on the web and I listened to that comment. Here's my thing about hearing that comment. I don't love or not love anything that Kanye does. What I'm saying is this, we have a snapshot of a comment that, I, that comes from someone who I don't believe is the best at articulating his thoughts through, through dialogue, through conversation, maybe through music and otherwise and art maybe, but I don't think he's good at articulating. Can I draw out a meaning from what he's saying? Absolutely. I can understand what he may have been trying to say. 
And I don't think he's speaking about the term literally. I think he's speaking along the lines of more philosophically as what a slave is. Did she free, did she free slaves? There is even someone who made a video about it saying, technically, she did not free slaves. Uh, some report, some guy did this. She did, he did not free slaves, but uh, but he did. But what he's saying is incorrect, and they pointed out some other reasons why that statement may be incorrect in their eyes. I think I understand what he was trying to say. I think he was speaking more toward the mentality, just like his idea of when he said uh, slavery is a choice. I don't think he was speaking technically to that idea. I think he was speaking more philosophically. I just don't think Kanye West has the ability to articulate his ideas as precisely as most people, uh, as, as a lot of other people can. Um, what do I think about that? <sighs> you know, you take it for what it's worth and you move, you move on with your day in your life. You know, that's kind of how I look at it. I'm not hung up on anything that Kanye West or any, anybody that anybody says, I, I could care, you know, really less about what someone else says that doesn't necessarily affect my, my day-to-day -day life or my personal family. So it's just one of those things for me, man. I'll talk about it as long as people are asking me about it, but it's not that big of a deal for me, not for me. I think so. You know, when, which I don't think Kanye's going to win president, but you know, when Donald Trump ran, everyone thought it was a joke. I think he was shocked when he won. Um, and so because he does have that platform, I do think his words really do matter. There was a young lady who was at the rally last night and there's a video of Kanye West going off on her. And so she made a video saying, Hey, I was a woman, you know, at the rally or whatnot. And she said that um, he had invited several people to come on or to ask questions. And um, she asked, she was the last one to ask the question. She was asking about gun reform and he never answered the question. And then he started spewing facts that weren't true. So she was saying, she was going back and forth with them and that which caused him to snap. But she said he had done it to a white woman just before that. And he gave her a hug and welcomed her on stage. And um, then he called her a sister soldier in the audience which she took offense to. I mean, I just think that someone see, made a video. That's, that's, still one, that's still somebody's account that has to be taken, you know, contextually. You, we don't really know, you know, especially we don't know the context that he was speaking to her in versus the context he was speaking to the white girl in versus the context he made that statement of Harriet Tubman in. They just, it's just sensationalized around that one thing. And I'm not defending this guy. I'm defending the fact that any one of us could be in a position like this where which it happens all the time where people's thoughts are captured when they sound the worst and then shared with the world when then you have to go back and say, that's not what I was saying, you know, but. Well, him, walk, him walking around with MAGA hat on and supporting Trump for all these years and now saying that he doesn't support him. I mean, it's, he just has a history for me of doing this. Um, again, I do agree he has a hard time articulating his thoughts. I, I see that, but I just think that he needs to sit down and get the help he needs, really, because it's, because he has a big following, a huge following, and the things he says, people pick up on that and believe that. I was looking on Instagram, people defending his comments. You know what I mean? It's like, um, that's, that's, I think it can be a dangerous situation. I get it, I get it, and I hate to keep going. Yes, I think it can be dangerous, but when you're speaking philosophically, when somebody's speaking philosophically and they can't articulate well, I don't see the danger in making a statement that you truly believe in 
even if it's philosophical. And it sounds not true if you listen to it on the surface, but if you examine it and really look into what he may be trying to say, knowing this guy's history, I believe that it could actually help people to learn more about whatever it is they're seeking. You know, seeking. So do you feel the same way about the statements that, because we've had these conversations surrounding statements that Trump has made, and I've never heard you defend his statement in this way, because then his statements, his racism, his um, uh, really hurtful and harmful uh, statements that is uh, regressive, right? That we, I've never heard you defend or maybe try to understand, can that be put in the same context as you're saying with Kanye? Absolutely, and I would challenge you to look back on, on, on conversations that I've had about Donald Trump. I, I, it's not that I don't, it's not that I'm defending these statements. I'm defending the idea that it could be me or you or Steven making things, saying things that you believe in, whether they sound good or not. And Donald Trump, there's a different speak. When you're speaking, when you come out speaking what, what some people say is hate speech, if that is easily detected, then that's something that I'm going to listen to and take for what it's worth. Now, I remember my, my mentor actually, uh, years ago, my, me and my mentor had a, a, I remember I was watching this episode, I mean, this program on TV, and it had these political leaders from around the world on this panel. And as soon as my mentor came in and saw me watching this, he said, what are you watching that for? That guy's a murderer. And I'm not going to say who he was talking about. And I said, that doesn't mean I can't listen to what he's got to say. He's sitting up there next to someone I look up to highly. There's a reason that guy who I look up to highly is sitting next to him in conversation with this guy who you're saying is a murderer. I need to hear. I need to be able to see what I can learn or get from it, take it for what it's worth. I don't defend any, any other person aside from myself. I can't. I defend what I believe is a good social clause and understanding, being able to give someone the, 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 the just not being dismissive is what I mean. Um, so whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's Kanye West, or whether it's Kim Kardashian, whoever you can name, I'm not necessarily defending them. I can't defend them. It's just the idea that sometimes people, yeah, we, we don't say the right things all the time and they don't always sound right, but we may mean them differently. Well, DL Hughley said it best. He said Kanye West and Trump are the same person. They're mm -hmm. both, he said they're both, um, narcissistic. And I've seen both of their wives naked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> let's, take, let's take a quick break. Come back with a few more hot topics right back after this. Listen, I lied to you when I said I didn't want to see you again, so stay. Sorry I left you, I left you crying. Since you've been gone, I've been all Drowning Please baby I'm begging 
Welcome back to Stephen Knight's show. I want to remind you again, we're all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, our official website, the stephenightshow.com. You can listen to us on our podcast or watch us on our YouTube channel, The Stephen Knight Show. Subscribe, comment, and like. We appreciate you. All right, so uh, this, there has been a lot of debate over sending uh, children back to school, and several major U.S. cities are seeing a rise of coronavirus cases. Now, White House officials informed the committee um, of its decision to block Redfield from testifying in an email, a staff member of the White House panel. So pretty much they wanted um, Dr. Redfield, who is over the CDC, to come testify as they have discussions about opening the schools. The White House has blocked him uh, to come testify. And they said that you know, people are outraged because they're saying this is an important conversation. You know, he's head of CDC. But then the um, CDC, well, it wasn't the CDC, the people who are, who are requesting him to testify, they said that they didn't really need him to testify, they need someone from the CDC. But the White House has not commented on that and they uh, will not allow him to go um, testify at, against with this committee to help in determine whether or not it's safe for children to go back to school and what recommendations. Now the CDC had previously released recommendations for schools to open back up, but Trump did not like them. And so they pulled them back and they have yet to re-release their new ones. Trump said they were too harsh. So again, it goes back to not be able to trust the government. Ms. Parker, does this surprise you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same thing we talked about in the beginning of, the, of, our, um, of our program about you know, should kids go back to school? This is just, you know, a part of that. Um, why would you send your children back to school when you can't even trust the government to have a dialogue about the safety of, you know, of the environment your children's going to be back into? Um, it's just nothing the government does is consistently in line with communicating the truth to us. So, um, I, you know, I just find it draining. I don't, I don't pay attention to it. I just literally have just disconnected myself from it. Yeah. No. Does it surprise me? No. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Michael Jackson said it best. They don't really care about us. They really care about us. You got a lot of quotes today, don't you? Uh, oh, you yeah. I always have quotes. That's every day. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I mean, it's sad that you can't trust your own leaders. Right. They're hiding information for their own agenda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, remember when uh, Monique was offered to do the comedy special on Netflix and, um, you know, she turned it down because of the, the money was not right. Um, Netflix did not want to negotiate with her after she publicly spoke on the situation because she was paid, she was offered, I think, hundreds of thousands, while Amy Schumer was offered, like, um, millions to do it. And, of course, we already know, like, Chris Rock and um, others like that, they get high dollars. Well, the plaintiff, well, the U.S. Uh, District Court has ruled in Monique's favor. They said that she has presented enough evidence against Netflix to take the streaming powerhouse to trial for discrimination and racial, racial bias. Um, the plaintiff, Monique Hicks, alleges that after she publicly expressed her dissatisfaction with Netflix's initial offer, the streaming uh, titan refused to negotiate higher compensation. And so pretty much what this court is saying that that's retaliation and that um, there, there are certain things where they could have just dropped the deal, but because she spoke out about it, that's not one of those instances. And so now she can have her day in court uh, with Netflix. 
um, because they, they should have come back and negotiated with her. Even if they didn't give her what she wanted, they should have, that should have been the, the action. Now, Netflix reached out to Monique to pitch her show, as we know, however, the Oscar award winner felt disrespected by the offer and the streaming company presented her. She and her management rejected the offer, insisting that she should be compensated similarly to the white female comedians who are paid substantially more. Um, what do you think about Monique winning this case? Was she right all along? What were you thoughts before? Um, if you remember when we had this initial discussion, I never thought Monique was wrong because I have um, been through the EEOC with an employer as well. Yeah. Um, and I understand that in, in my environment and in my career, I know that women get, get offered less. I recently had to go through this mm -hmm. situation where I fought for an employee to be paid uh, close to what a, a male employee or counterpart with the exact same experience was being offered almost 10 grand more than her. Um, and so that's something I'm, I'm very mindful of, not only uh, race, but, um, but also gender plays a big role in employment in, in America, in, in all industries. Um, and so I was always for, the, for what she stood for as far as like being paid equally and being fair. Uh, my issue with Monique during that period was I felt like you don't have to knock other people down to make your point. You don't have to make other people's an example of why they're less than and why you deserve it. If you are a person who is deserving of your pay, stand on that. Stand on your own qualifications and say, you know what, I've done this, 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 and that, and I deserve to be paid. But you shouldn't say, that person not have an Oscar, why they get more than me? I'm the only female to have an Oscar or you know, whatever it is. I just think that part of it was just so distasteful, but I think that's her personality, right? I think she's a person who is a reactive person. So she doesn't think through how she's gonna to react to things. She's a very fiery person. That's always my issue with her. She went on a name shaming you know, uh, tour. I felt she was making her point about being paid equally that got buried, right? Because it was so sensationalized with the names that she was dropping, how much they got paid, how they didn't qualify to be paid that much, that her real cause really got overshadowed. It. She lost it, you know what I mean? And she lost the public's opinion battle in that. But I've always thought she had a legal case. Mm. Now you? Yeah, I'm happy she's still moving forward with this, still going at it. Um, and I think some light will be shed on some of their their uh, their practices and what has actually happened with this particular right isolated situation. They may open the door for some other opportunities for others who have been discriminated against and can you know come forward uh, now and in the future if that happens. So I'm I'm happy to see it moving forward and that someone has uh, a judge has given is a judge correct yeah. mm -hmm. has given her. Uh, this opportunity to move this thing forward in the formal way. Yeah, I'm happy for it too. I do agree. I always think that she's right in a lot of situations she talks about mm -hmm. just a way of communicating. Her delivery, and, yeah, yeah. She just yeah. doesn't deliver very well. I think it's just, a, she comes, you know, she comes from a lot of pain and a lot of anger and that, that is apparent in, her, in the way that she delivered things. Yeah. Um, so I think she needs some healing on, on that on that end. But she's, she's, a, she's writing a lot of statements that she mm -hmm. made. Yeah. I think Steve Steve Harvey even said that. I think I remember seeing him sit down with her and he said, yeah, you were right, but it's the way you mm -hmm. delivered it. I think he actually made a statement like somewhere around that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Congrats to her.
All right, our last story. So Nick Cannon has been weathering the storm while facing backlash of his anti-Semitic comments after cryptid tweets on Thursday, the actor seemingly revealed that he was battling su suicidal thoughts late Saturday night. Now, while mourning the loss of his friend, artist Ryan Bowers, Nick Cannon wrote, after waking up and barely rising from my own dark compilation of continuing my physical existence on this planet, this powerful warrior actually had the balls to do it. He continued to reminisce on the life of Bowers and stated that if he wasn't so engulfed in his own BS, he could have been there for his friend. As pre previously reported, Viacom CBS severed ties with Nick Cannon after a clip of him making anti-Semitic comments went viral. Now, while he issued an apology, he received backlash and posted a message ending with, good night, enjoy earth. And he put a prayer and heart emoji and he put his location in the in the uh, post as Earth. The also 39-year-old um, antici anticipated talk show was set to debut this year has been postponed, postponed to 2021 with no official premiere date. In a statement to US Weekly, Lionsgate and Demir Mercury uh, said, after a conversation with Nick, we do believe that his public comments don't reflect his true feelings. His apology is heartfelt and sincere. We want to continue the healing process as he meets with leaders of the Jewish community and engages in dialogue with our distribution par partners to hear their views. Uh, we stand by Nick and our hope that by fall 2021, he will be able to use his extraordinary talent and platform to entertain and light and unite the audience on the Nick Cannon talk show. The statement concluded, Lion Gates and Demar Mercury condemn anti-Semitic racism and hate speech. It runs counter to everything we stand for. Ms. Parker, your thoughts? Um, so his friend killed himself? Is that what happened? I believe so, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought as well, but I wasn't clear on that because I don't know who Ryan is. Um, so our condolences certainly to, to that family as well. Yes. I'm not going to comment on what Nick said because I have my own, own opinions on those things and, I, and I, it may not be appropriate for our platform. But um, I do want to comment on, I think a lot of celebrities are so stuck in being in that celebrity environment that even when it's killing them emotionally and mentally, they stay in it instead of removing themselves. I think that you have to remove yourself from the environment in order for you to heal. If, if he's going through so much issues with, with reading what people are saying publicly about him and seeing those things, he can easily shut down his social media. Go somewhere with his family. He have three small children and a baby on the way. We have to put our mental health, depend, no matter what we're going through, above all of those things. And I think it's, it's, I think people in the public eye get so caught up in that environment, in that space, that they don't see removing themselves from it as an option, which baffles me all the time. It's like you're dying, but you're still on social media. <laughs> like you're dying inside, but you're still posting. Um, and I like Nick. I, you know, I like I like a lot of what he stands for. I think he is for our people. I think he has added a lot of value and a lot of conversations yeah. that needed to be had to our to our conversation. Um, but I think that him as a person, he needs to remove himself for a while from all of this and get some healing before he can come back and be because he need his kids needs him. And you know, when when I hear someone talking about killing himself, every everything else goes away from me nothing else matters his you know his his job doesn't matter what he's currently involved in doesn't matter he needs to be here 
him being alive is all that matters and him being healthy and happy and being with his family is all that matters. So I think at this point he needs to disconnect and, and, and work on that. Yeah. Yeah. It was an actor. I can't think of what his name is, but he was, um, he recently, he's been quarantined in Australia and he said that Hollywood is not a place to, to have a, a stable no, mental, mental. No. Yeah, he said. He said that he's thinking about staying out. There. I think it's almost impossible, honestly, yeah. because you get so caught up in. And I think I made a post before that I see celebrities dying, like they're literally like begging for help, and then need like like Tamar Tamar Braxton for years. People thought she was funny, and that her actions were outrageous and entertaining. I never found it funny. I always found it so sad that somebody was in the public eye begging for help. The girl was her whole life was a cry for help. And, you know, she almost committed suicide this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And it's like, for years, she's displayed behavior of being unstable. And we, we, we were entertained by it. People were entertained. I stopped watching the show because of that. I was like, I can't do this. I can't watch my... So I think the more you understand your own demons, understand your own mental health, understand how fragile we are mentally and emotionally because of all the things that happens to us, until we understand that about ourselves, we can't see that in other people, we see it as entertainment. And it's really hard for them to find a lot of things that people find funny, funny. Because I literally see that person and I see their pain. I see all the things that are causing them to act the way that they're acting. And I can't disconnect from that. Um, and so with, with Nick, I, I saw the same thing, you know, especially within these last you know, few days. Um, and it's, to me, it's just the saddest thing. Yeah, Somebody think about killing themselves. And it, it, because it feels like, it, it really means that that person literally sees no way out of their pain, mm-hmm. no hope, you know? Yeah. Naya, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think that's a very real thing. I, I don't, I know many people uh, have thought about that, you know, how life would be without them, you know, how, uh, about taking their own lives in one way or the other. I, I, that's a very real thing. Um, I actually have a family member who has done that, um, you know, so I know how real that is. And uh, like, like Ms. Parker said, you know, we, we kind of take for granted how strong or how fragile, I guess, our, our mental health can be. Um, and we think that everybody who's doing good is doing good, you know, and it's not all, a lot of times that's not the case. A lot of times it's heavier on them than uh, we, they even know. Um, I was surprised to hear that from him though. I gotta be honest, I was kind of surprised because he seems like someone who's well adjusted, but you just never know. And I was actually sad to hear that he doesn't have a great deal of ownership in his own brand, you know, and yeah. a brand that he 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 is a large part of developing mm-hmm. and building, if not a hundred percent, almost hundred percent of. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of sad to hear, but that's also something that's far too real in our community of entertainment. Yeah. Um, it, what was sad was, you know, he apologized after he educated himself on the comments and how it could offend uh, the Jewish community. And so first he was getting backlash for the comments, then he apologized to him, and then his own people are giving him backlash for apologizing. So it's kind of like, right, right. you know, hit from every angle. Um, Did you guys hear the comments? I don't know what the comments are. He, was, say, he was saying something. It was, it was from back in the... Um, you know. It's kind of like a biblical, um, historic uh, interpretation of um, Hebrews and the Jews and how um, barbaric they were and how yeah and uh, how that yeah that that type of thing. Okay. But I think he meant that 
from a biblical standpoint. And some people will even argue that that wasn't even a historic uh, uh, articulation of it because it's the Bible and some people doesn't view the Bible as a historic uh, document. But okay. um, regardless, you know, he said some things that, you know, people could find offensive, but I think right. I understood where he was going with it. Right. And um, I think that you have to know your audience. <laughs> That's, you know, and you I- You have I to know your audience. And, and at this point, you know, um, the Jewish community has been very supportive in modern years of African-Americans and our struggles. And so um, it felt like it was a divide for people who are trying to be allies. I think that's why you got the backlash. And then just in the climate we're in with the racial divide in this country. And so um, I think it was right for him to apologize just because if he offended. Yeah. Um, but he could have yeah. he could have uh, clarified what he meant. I, I agree, think, and I, I, I think, think he, he I think it was right for him to apologize and get some clarification. But I think that um, at that at that point he was just so I think he didn't realize the impact because when he was making the statement, he even said, "I'm going to try to say this in the most right. um, in the most uh, correct way." You know, he was being mindful of his words, mm -hmm. but I just don't think that this was the climate or the time yeah, and place yeah. to have that conversation. Some conversations should be having private, you know. Right. Those are things that if you if you have a group of friends that are like minded and you guys have those conversations, yeah. But I think some conversations, everything you think doesn't need to be said. But yeah. I think he was genuinely hurt by the fact that he offended so many people. And then when he made the apology, he didn't address the fact that, you know, what I really meant. And I think that's why, but I think us too we can be really hard on each other. And the black mm -hmm. community was like, Why is he apologizing? He yeah. didn't really explain why he was apologizing. Yeah. He was like, Sorry that I hurt people. But yeah. I do think when you hurt somebody, it doesn't matter why you did it. You should say sorry. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's leave it there. Before we go, congratulations to Nicki Minaj, who announced via IG that she and her husband, Kenneth Petty, are pregnant with their first child. So congratulations to them. I found out like re right before I got on the call yeah. on the show today. Uh, I don't know where I was this weekend. Um, but I, I, I remember seeing the picture, you know, briefly, and I didn't even know who it was. And I, and I flipped through. And then today, right before I got on the call, I was going through my phone. There was a meme talking about stop posting Nicki Minaj pregnancy pictures. And I was like, yeah. she's pregnant? Yeah. So I went on her page. She looks gorgeous. I like, I love how pregnant women look. So, um, yeah, it's been in rumor for a while. Those so weird she people probably always knows. touching people's belly in public. So I was like, oh, she looks so pretty. <laughs> but congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. All right, well, Miss Park, I'll see you in uh, Mental Health Mondays. Now, yeah, I'll see you next week. Right back after this. See ya. Write a whole song about how I hate you About how you played me and led me to believe that You want me but you just not ready So I'll wait around for your ass, yeah I'm crazy But truth is I love you and I don't know why It's probably the way you look me in my eyes And you such a Pisces, yeah you put me on And you put me in my place when I'm too much I need that Just one time in my life Don't need no yes man This one nigga in my life He's fucking honest I love him cause he's everything I wanted I need that I need that Baby I'm forgiving you Can we move on Can we try this 
Cause I don't know what I'm gonna do without you Maybe I can talk about the lack of communication How often you make me feel unappreciated How I could've been out tonight hanging with my girls But I'm with your ass all night cause that's what I prefer But truth is I love you and now I know why It's the way your hands fit perfectly in mine And you such a Pisces, yeah you put me on And you put me in my place when I'm too much I need that Just one time in my life, don't need no yes man this one nigga in my life, he's fucking honest I love him cause he's everything I wanted I need that, I need that Baby, I'm forgiving you Can we move on? Can we try this? Cause I don't know what I'm gonna do without you I need that, I need that Baby, I'm forgiving you
This is Janera, and you're listening to The Stephen Knight Show. Welcome back to The Stephen Knight Show. Over the last few weeks, many of you heard Ms. Parker talk about her involvement in The Love Project. Well, tonight, the founder of The Love Project joins to tell us more. Please help me welcome attorney Pamela Stewart. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Definitely appreciate you. So Ms. Parker was telling me about this uh, maybe a month ago about um, the initiative that you all were doing. First of all, Tell us what the Love Project is and why you felt it was important to, to get this going. So the Love Project 404 is an organization founded by a group of diverse women, all super high level execs in their career um, that just wanted to serve. So we decided to do our first initiative, which was the Father's Day bailout by just mm -hmm. bailing out fathers for Father's Day. Right? Yeah. Like every child that has a father deserves to have their father for Father's Day. Yeah. And we continued on and we've built out a total of 23 um, folks out of Fulton and DeKalb. And not only do we build them out, but we wait for them outside of the jail. Yeah, yeah. We pray with them, we talk to them, we give them goodie bags with clothes, food, gift cards. Um, and then we put them through a pretrial diversion so that their case can be dismissed and that they can obtain the mentorship that they deserve. Yes, yes. And I know, Ms. Parker, you, were, uh, you had said on the show before, a lot of times, some of these guys, they just need $500, $300 um, to be, or even less than that in many cases, just to be bonded out. Uh, can you talk about that? Yeah, I think maybe Pam can speak more onto that because, uh, you know, she's the attorney who actually works with the bondsman. Okay, um, yeah. But, um, but yes, I want to make sure that it's understood that um, the money that, that we are receiving, the donations that we receive, it's really going to make an impact in the community and, and help these guys. Because for example, we had a Billy that um, had lost his job and his car while he's been in, in, in jail um, mm -hmm. for seven months on a minor charge. So what, it, what, what, uh, what this does is it puts people back, it gives them back their lives so that they can move forward and, and change, make the changes they need and also move forward with their lives. Because when you're in, sitting in jail, you're losing things. You're losing, you're losing 
grounds on your job. So you may not be able to obtain your same job that you had for seven months. Mm -hmm. You sat in jail. You know, he lost his car. And that's what that does also. It leads to in poverty. You know, people sitting in jail who can't afford to be billed out. When they come out, they have nothing to look forward to. So that's what we're hoping to do is get people who are deserving of being back out with their families so that they can rebuild their lives. And I think Pam can speak more to the dollar amount and, and how that works. Yeah. You, would you take that away, Pam? Yes. I mean, we've bailed folks out that had a $500,000 bond and mm -hmm. we've bailed folks out that had a $20,000 bond, all for very petty, nonviolent charges. We had one guy that went to Dollar General and stole diapers and he was sitting in jail for four, close to five months. Wow. On a $1,000 bond. That's ridiculous. We need, yeah. these, we need these fathers out to be with their kids, to parent, you know, to vote. We don't need them sitting, rotting away in jail with no court hearing in sight because COVID-19 has canceled a lot of court hearings. Yeah. So, you know, if you get sucked into that criminal justice system that's completely broken, then, you know, it takes us, the community, to kind of help you get back you know, and yeah. help get out of it. So, yeah. you know, it's tough. It's really tough for them. What was it that made um, you, you ladies, executives, uh, decide this is what we want to do? I know you're an attorney, immigration attorney, but what, what, made, what made this want to be a focal point for you, for you as a group? It was honestly a culmination of so many things. Um, the Khalif Browder documentary being one mm. of them, right? COVID-19, me being an attorney, an attorney, an attorney, an attorney, and seeing scheduled to a later date, my own clients that were sitting in jail for a prolonged period of time. And then once I did get them out on bond or get the bond, they couldn't get the money to get out. So mm -hmm. they'd be just sitting there, mm -hmm. yeah. um, you know, and then yeah. Father's Day was slowly approaching. And I'm like, my gosh, you know, fathers are just sitting there. And, you know, Michelle has been a part of it. We've been giving back to the community for a long time. Yeah. Right. Uh, we've been sponsoring families for a long time. We finally said, let's do this as a collective unit. If a few of us can have a great impact, imagine what a thousand of us can do. Yes. And you've all had a lot of support from community uh, members, celebrities. Um, anything you can talk about? It's been overwhelming. I mean, mm. you know, we started June 4th, literally like you know, put the pen and paper on yeah. June 4th and said, we're going to bail out for Father's Day and just hit the ground running. Um, we've worked on this as another full-time job. All of us have jobs, right? Yeah. <laughs> Conference <laughs> calls and yeah. Um, <laughs> and the overwhelming of support. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just been... It's just been unbelievable. We had TI donate $5,000. We had Siva's restaurant just donated $2,000 today. Um, we've had a lot of support from the community. Um, organizations that are now raising money for us, individual donors. It's just been unbelievable. I think when you see the work that we're doing and how passionate we are, yeah. it's like you want to gravitate towards making a difference. And that's what we're seeing. Why is it so important, and Ms. Parker, maybe you can take this one. Why is it so important that once not only you bail them out, but once they get out that you all wait for them and make sure they have somewhere to go or make sure they have, you know, next steps? You know, I was going to start this part of the conversation by saying, giving you a little bit of a 
introduction to how Pam is as a person. She's the type of uh, friend who is going to text you and say, hey, I met this family that needs help paying their rent. Can anybody donate? She's always willing to lend a hand, a, a listening ear. Um, so it's just, it, this is just a byproduct of who she is as a person. And yes. so, you know, you attract people who are like-minded and who are like you, like-hearted, I think. Um, and so Pam has attracted people into this organization, whether or not they are board members or volunteers or people who are, um, you know, willing to, to help on, on a, a financial basis or just help spread the word, um, have he attracted these people because of who she is. Mm -hmm. And so, um, being, being there to wait for the guys is just part of who Pam is. That was her idea. And we all just jumped on board. Um, and she's the type of person who likes to love on people. She wants to make sure people feel loved and supported. Yeah. And I think that that's a big part of it. You know, when people come out, I was shocked to know that they're just giving a, a brown paper bag and sent on their way. And a lot of them yeah. are walking to the bus stop without any in a bus fare or any transportation. I was shocked to even realize that. And Pam may have already known that because she works within that system. And right. so for, the, for a lot of us, it was a learning experience. Um, once we got there to really learn about how alone some of these people are and how, you know, just having support and having people there waiting to, to love them, like she would say, love on them um, and show them that there are people who, who are out here thinking about them and love them and want them to, to do well and see them succeed, I think has made an impact. And I was telling a friend about that today, how that you can see the shift, you know, within their, in their faces and, their, and, and who they are as, as, as individuals just wild by the fact that there are people that they don't know standing mm -hmm. there waiting and been waiting all day. Um, so I think it's just the, the level of compassion that Pam has instilled within this organization that a lot of us carry with us. And that's what we hope to, to highlight and show through our work. And I think that maybe Pam can, can answer that a little bit more to how, why it's important for us to be there. But I think that, you know, it started with her having that, that passion for people and that good mm -hmm. heart that she wants to show and love on people and be a light in people's lives. And so that was just a part of it, a byproduct of who she is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these guys don't have anybody to right. wait on them. And yeah. that process can take 12 hours. And I remember, you know, one of the Baileys came out and he was like, it was like 12 AM. And he's like, you waited for me. I'm like, yeah, you know, I waited over 12 hours for you because you matter and you're important. Let me mm -hmm. give you this goodie bag. Let me pray on you and let me call you an Uber. Otherwise, he would have had to walk five blocks or even more in the rain yeah. to get to the nearest, you at know? midnight. <laughs> at midnight, right? Like that's dangerous, you know. Right, and very dangerous, very dangerous. I think little acts of love make a difference. It really does. It really does, and I, and I know it does something inside that person. You know, it, mm -hmm. it changes them. That that act changes them. So I know you. So you all bailed out the fathers. Um, what other initiatives initiatives are you looking to uh, achieve in the project? So the next stop we have is the Next Level Boys Academy, which is the pre-trial diversion program that we're sending our BLEs to, but not just our BLEs, our young black men from the community are going through this prog um, program to get the mentorship that they need, mm -hmm. right? So we are, we, we love Gary, what he's doing with these boys in the Next Level Ac Boys Academy. Once we get to go to their court hearings, a lot of their cases get dismissed, so they don't have a record. And then yeah. they can do, you know, they can start their lives. They can get their employment that they need. They can raise their families. They can get down the right, right path. Um, after that, we're also educating our youth by partnering up and mentoring young high school students 
and partnering with the Harvard Diversity Project, which is a pipeline to Ivy League schools for mm. our youth. Yes. Um, and then we're gonna end the year with sponsoring families and Thanksgiving and Christmas, paying their rent, getting them, you know, paying their utilities, giving them um, Christmas gifts for their children. Um, so this is really a community-based, yeah. all the money goes to the community here in Atlanta organization. So we bail them out, we mentor them, we educate them, and then we take care of them financially. That's amazing. That's amazing work. So if people want to get involved, they want to know how can I be involved, how can I can be part of this. What's the best way for them to, to move forward with that? So definitely follow us on Instagram, the Love Project 404, all spelled out. And also go to our website, theloveproject404.org. We have a contact us where you can um, sign up to be a volunteer, to be a member, or to just get our newsletters. Um, and then we can go from there. Attorney Pamela St Stewart, Ms. Parker, thank you all so much for the work you are doing in this community. Everyone should be involved if you can, because this is just great work. And again, it takes a community to raise and keep a community. So thank you all so much for that. Thank you for having us. Yeah, for having us. Please donate. Please visit our website. Visit our, us on Instagram. We need your support, your financial support, but any support you can lend us, please, 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 please. Most definitely. Well, listen, our thanks goes out to Pamela Stewart, attorney Pamela Stewart, give her, her credit for joining us tonight. For more information on the Love Project 404, go to our website, thestevenightshow.com, and we'll be right back after this. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Balance out and she from overseas. Valentino lingo when she talk to me. And she drippy Gucci on her feet. Yeah, she show me love when she comforts me. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, she active. I hit it, I smash it. That thing fantastic, you know. Am I fast with 200 on dash? I'm a fan girl Ooh, love that shit Love that shit Ooh, love that shit Love that shit Ooh, love that shit you do Love that shit you do Yeah, you know Yeah, love that shit you do Yeah Most anticipated, yeah She on purchase, we on Zanny getting faded, yeah Still right on my mission, yeah That's how I'm working to them beds Turn your bitch into a fan, yeah Don't forget I'm trippy, yeah I'm wanting more commas, he 
This is R. Prophet, formerly of the Grammy-nominated group, Nappy Roots. My new book is the number one bestseller on Amazon, Ryan Prophet from Grams to Grammys. Check it out. And you're watching The Stephen Knight Show. Welcome back to The Stephen Knight Show. A couple weeks ago, I had the honor of being part of a panel called Minding My Business. Where we talked about uh, different aspects of owning your business. I met our next guest, who is also on the panel. She's a small business owner who joins us tonight. Her business is called Sugar Baby Waxing. Please help me welcome to Mary Slick. Welcome to the show. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Long time no see. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been so long. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so, <laughs> so we were both on the uh, panel. What is there anything you took away from it? Um, really, it was a, it was definitely a really good networking event for me. I kind of was nervous. Um, but for the most part, I just really enjoyed sharing my story. Yeah. Um, and hopefully inspiring people to do the same. Um, and I'm really glad that I met you as well as the other panelists. So yeah. Yeah. So tell what made you want to start your own your own uh, company? 
Um, so the main reason I started Sugar Baby um, was because I just felt like I was doing, um, you know, I don't know, my, my progression with how good I was with waxing um, was just really fast. But you said you only did it like two years, right? A year, and when... Yeah, I mean, to, to date, I've only been doing yeah. it. But when yeah. I was working um, for these, com these different wax companies, I had only been working, you know, in you know, in their businesses for about maybe a year, okay. um, a little bit more, because um, I started a little bit before I finished with school, uh, which I think is a big reason why I got like so good at waxing, because usually they don't really let you work until you have your license. But anyways, yes, yeah, so right. <laughs> I noticed that like I was just getting too good and too quick. Um, and just like my ego is kind of big. So I was like, let me go and see about doing my own thing because I can tell that these people that I'm working for are really holding me back. Mm -hmm. And I just, I wasn't, that wasn't sitting well with me. So I kind of just ventured off and literally looked for like a day because I'm really like impatient. I'm kind of impulsive as well. Right. <laughs> I only looked at like two places and the second place was where um, I decided to go. And here we are today. So how did you know what was the, the first step? Like when you said, I want to start my own business. A lot of people want to start their own business, but they don't know what to do. How did you know the first step for you? Um, figure out your vision a little bit, at least. Like figure out the direction you're trying to go in. Um, and then you may not know the like, I, I don't want to say the correct, because there's, real, there's no real correct way to do anything. Like it's all <laughs> relatively speaking, just like however it works for each individual um but figure out what your first step is <laughs> and make it um yeah. it's gonna um require some money just chuck it up you know because like it makes money i mean it takes money to make money so yeah. you definitely have to invest i would say people are uh you know should realize that when they want to start their own business they're going to be putting up a lot of money before they even get a return back so if, mm -hmm. as long as you know that and you just like kind of just deal with it um i think that's an, another big thing that people like don't start their businesses because they don't feel like they have the money to do it when they might it just not you know it might leave them broke at the end of the day and it's like well right. you know, i have to do that type of thing um to get that return back but it's not going to be like tomorrow you know yeah. they say yeah. it takes six to 12 months so that's what they say, yeah. And one thing that you um you mentioned on the panel, you talked about how important good customer service is, uh, especially in your line of business. Tell us why. Um, definitely. What happened? Can you see me? Yeah. Uh -huh. oh, sorry, my computer just did something weird. Oh no, you're good. You're good. What happened? Um, my bad. What was the question? <laughs> Uh, you were talking about how, you know, important customer service is, oh, especially yeah. in your client, growing your clientele. Talk about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like with any um, customer related or customer service related job, um, you know, like they always say, the customer's always right. Um, mm -hmm. In my case, when it's, you know, if you're a sweet holder and it's just you and your product or you and your services, um, it's really important to keep a good client relationship um, with each of your clients. Um, if you're, you know, having a bad day or something comes up, 
I feel like if you're going to have to reschedule, you're going to have to move that client around, like at least keep it super professional. And when things like that happen, you know, it's like we can't, we can't help that, but try your best to like not make a habit of doing that and like holding yourself accountable and, you know, chucking it up if you did mess up and like giving your clients something for free or, you know, something extra that you wouldn't usually do just to show that, you know, you are acknowledging that you messed up and you're willing to make up for it because I was told in school, you know, when you're learning about marketing and branding yourself and just having a business that you learn that, you know, a bad experience with a client is going to send that client telling 10 plus people, but a good experience, they might tell somebody when the, you know, subject comes up, but you know, they're more likely to talk about a bad experience. And I know we've all done that. And you're mm-hmm. ready to tell, like, girl, let me tell you what happened. But you're not going to be like, girl, let me tell you what happened. This girl really did my nails good. No. Right. Tell them they don't do that. They don't do that for whatever no, reason. it's kind of odd. But, I mean, it makes sense that you would do it when it's like, you know, someone's talking about, it. oh, let me tell you about this girl. But you'll bring it up if it was a bad experience. Like, it's oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a big thing that I feel like sweet um, sweet holders need to like possibly get better on or just be conscious of um, because that's you. You're the face. You're the business. You're the person running it. You're the person getting the clients. You're everything. So if you're yeah. running your clientele off, like you're sending them off to, to spew the bad, you know? So right. I, I just say keep, you know, I don't know, just handle your clients well. Yeah, you got to take care of them. That's your customer. So when it comes to business, because a lot of people, they think it's all about the product or the service, but they don't think about the business aspect of actually running your own business. How did you learn to do well well at that, you know, running the business part? Uh, So I'm still learning. (laughs) That's that's honest. Just did uh, something for my business the other day that I should have did at the very beginning a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's nothing bad, um, but I would definitely <laughs> suggest like asking if you don't have a mentor, yeah. you can constantly go to and get advice about who just genuinely wants to help you, wants nothing else from you, doesn't want to want you to pay them for you know the information they're going to give you. Um, then just ask people and, you know, cause a closed mouth doesn't get fed. So if you're not at least putting it out to the universe that you need this information, mm-hmm. um, you're just going to be sitting there looking lost and probably right. like screwing yourself. So yeah, I would definitely say ask around just to figure out because I still, I'm still learning. I still don't know. all yeah. this stuff. I'm probably doing things a little like, you know, all over the place, but at least I'm doing it. At least I'm getting it done. I'm learning along the way. Right, yeah. That's really, that's really it. You just learn along the way. Unless you have you a mentor, then that's yeah. So did COVID-19, I'm sure it impacted your um, business, well, especially when things got shut down? Yes, for sure. How, how did it impact you directly? Um, so we went into quarantine of like what, right. first or something. Um, before that, I kind of started lightening up on my um, intake of clients just because I was at first, like the way they were talking about it. I know you probably felt the same way. I was a bit nervous. So I was trying to keep taking my clients because nothing was said about like shutting down, but I was a little weary. So I wasn't like doing the most. Then when they shut us down, I was shut down, like taking no clients 
for about a month and a half, even though I had clients like begging me, like, come to me, I'll come to you. I'm like, I mean, I could, but like, I'm not, because I have like a son, you know? Um, And I just wanted to be careful. So yeah, I was out of work for about a month and a half. And I kind of just used that time to do a little bit of research about um, other things that I could be doing to bring in money, Mm -hmm. like products and stuff. and just kind of cleaning up my business, um, like inside and like, you know, the the background stuff that the clients don't really see. Right, right. right. So, yeah. And luckily I had like a little bit of a cushion. It did take, um, you know, it did take a little bit, but I, you know, like I've just, I've saved. So that's another thing I feel like people just in general, not business owners, but people need to like save for these rainy days. Like, right. Yeah. Or these rainy years where you just have like a whole year of quarantine, you I know? Mean, came out of nowhere, you know what I mean? Yeah, came and I've noticed a lot since I have my business. I don't go out as much. I'm, I'm kind of like chilled out. So that helps save money too. Um, yeah. But I think once you start running a business, like going out and stuff doesn't, like it's not that important anymore, especially mm-hmm. when you're paying for things and you have to pay for things to keep your business running. That kind of is more exciting for me than to spend money out. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Cause it's like your baby, your, your business, your baby. So when you, so when you think of sugar baby waxing and that you are, that is your company, you're the biz, you're the owner of that company. What does that mean to you? Uh, I feel like it's my second child. For, yeah. um, I, I came up with the name Sugar Baby for one, because like I always used to tell women like getting sugared or getting waxed in general is yeah. like to have a baby. And you know, you, you go through all this pain and then afterwards you can't even describe it. You just like love your baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like that it's called Sugar Baby because it's like my little baby. Yeah. I don't know, it's just like, it's crazy that I just took this jump last year and like here I am still maintaining my lifestyle still able to take care of my son still able to choose to if i want a day off or whatever you know so yeah yeah i don't know that's all i can say is i feel like it's my baby and it's still growing i'm excited to see where it goes um and i'm always thinking of like the next big thing that i could do with it to change it and evolve it um so yeah yeah i was gonna ask you where where do you see it in maybe five years from now oh lord Honestly, <laughs> I know that's kind of hard sometimes because it depends yeah. on where I live. And like, I think like sometimes I'm cool with living in Georgia, especially because I have a four year old. So like I need yeah. to have a school situation. But then I'm like, oh, I would love to live in like Cali and I could just bring it out. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know. I try to have like that five year plan or at least like that year plan. Like, um, oh, yeah, uh, I know you're talking uh, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your girl. Yeah. Your girl. Uh, uh, your girl. Having your girl. that like year plan and all that stuff. So I don't know, but definitely, um, you know, progression every year. So we'll see. Most definitely. Well, tell everyone where they can learn more about Sugar Baby Waxing. So they can definitely find me on Instagram at Sugar Baby Waxing, spelled just how you would spell it. Um, that's pretty much it. They can find me on Groupon, but honestly, like, they don't necessarily have to go through Groupon to book with me. I'll still honor the Groupon prices as those are like for their very first time. So you can pick one of the vouchers um, and, you know, just contact me on Instagram and I'll still honor that price. Um, 
I really tell people just to go to Groupon to check out my reviews because I, like I said, I'm still learning and I don't have the whole Google thing set up where you can Google me and find my address and a website. Like I still need a website yeah. um, and you know, the Google review. So we're working on that. We're getting there. Um, but yeah, for reviews and stuff, I definitely tell people to go to Groupon. Um, but the, the main spot you can find me on is just Instagram. Listen, our thanks goes out to you for joining us tonight. I mean, I'm proud of you, and I know that this. You say you want, you don't know if you want to stay in Georgia, Cali. I'm going to go have locations in both, so yeah, you can have your pick. <laughs> I have thought about that too, but this is what I get worried about. Like, I even think about getting like a like a storefront and having other girls do waxing and this and that, and yeah. then I get like kind of worried about the waxing part because I'm definitely confident that I'm the best waxer in Atlanta. Like, you okay. know, my, my customer service is great. My personality uh, is great. And my technique yeah. is awesome. So I get worried that other people are not going to provide that. Um, they're going to get like too lazy or they're just going to start doing their own thing. And like, I don't want all that. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Like it could we'll, be, we'll a, you know, a one-stop shop where it's a bunch of different services and I'm the only waxer. That would be cool. Um, but right now I'm just being like really, cautious of like you know my name sugar baby yeah that brand yeah Yeah. because i have a lot of clients coming in telling me about other places that i've either worked at or i'm familiar with or i've heard of (laughs) and it's just like the same story different client like so i don't want that with me i don't want like my company my brand to have those kind of stories out there yeah, yeah putting that is is straight. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing to my clients. So, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. The sky's still the limit for you. <laughs> but again, the company's called Sugar Baby Waxing. Thank you so much, Demaris, for joining us tonight, and I wish you continued success. Thank you so much, Stephen. I hope to talk to you soon. Most definitely. For more information, go to our website at stephenightshow.com. We'll be right back after this. Brown with a D. 
kickin' like it's Texas Niggas boots and geekin' neck We come, they run and leave and step Can't leave the house without the weapon I got Glock and Smith and Weapon I got A.R.'s, Mac 11 Niggas, bro, they bitches stress They goin' through a great depression My crap, she guilty, red I met you 
Welcome back. Adam, how's it going? Uh, it's going good, Stephen. How are you? I can't complain. Can't complain. How was the weekend? It was good, but uh, hot. I mean, we were like in yes. the 90s all yeah, weekend, even today. So, uh, yeah. How about you? Yeah, yeah. I, I had a very productive weekend. Um, I'm in my new office, as you can see. Yeah, it looks nice. You got a book back there, a certificate. My little, diploma. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. I got, yeah, I can't say what that is because it'll come on. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. <laughs> and a globe but, uh, and everything. Yeah, what's yeah. going on? Well, no, I, um, so I had this huge closet space that was like, I just used for storage, but I've been meaning to do something with it. Mm -hmm. And finally this weekend, cleared everything out, went through everything, threw stuff out, and then painted. And um, and then I bought a desk and just put it all together. Oh, well, it looks nice and it definitely has a professional look. What's in the top, at the very top, that black thing in a plastic cover? Oh, that's a, a picture. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's the picture, yeah. Nice, yeah. nice, yeah. Yeah, I got some more things to do to it, you know, but, you know. Oh, I can't wait to see how it looks. <laughs> All right. Well, I know you got some stuff to tell us about movie reviews, so let you take it away. Sure thing. So uh, this weekend didn't have as many new releases as I was expecting, so I caught up with something from last week uh, called Spaceship Earth, and this is a documentary film about a group of people, eight individuals that went into this biosphere, this kind of self-contained uh, planet thing. Um, and they wanted to stay there for two years and do this experiment to see if humans can sustain life in kind of a self-contained environment. Mm -hmm. And this is something I didn't know much about. Uh, I do remember like that Polly Shore movie from the 90s, Biodome. And I think that's kind of what it was spoofing. But um it's a really good story because they have a lot of footage from at the time and kind of the origins of this group and how they kind of came together and how this billionaire funded this experiment and kind of what happened once they got in. And uh, I won't spoil too much, but, and you can look it up, but it's, it really, things didn't go well. They were running out of oxygen. Uh, food was getting hard to grow. So it's kind of a, a good, maybe a social, look back into how people thought they could kind of create this sustained environment and live in there for two years with no problems. So it is a documentary, so you're not going to expect too much twist and turns or anything that's too uh, exhilarating, but definitely a, a fun watch, something different that happened again in the early 90s that I wasn't even aware of uh, that'll kind of give you a different perspective on things. Nice. Um, in addition to that, I did catch up on The Old Guard, and that's a movie Chike reviewed last week with Charlie Theron, mm -hmm. and it's a Netflix movie based on the kind of the graphic novel. Uh, I I know Chike really liked it, and I do agree. It was good, uh, pretty good. It's based on a graphic novel, so you can tell there are points where it kind of gets slow and dips and then gets back up. I think it could have been better as a series, kind of like how Umbrella Academy was. Uh, to kind of explore a little bit more of that world. But if you're looking for a fun Netflix movie, uh, definitely check that one out. And Spaceship Earth is on Hulu, so if you have an account there. And the only other thing I caught up with was The Plot Against America. And I don't know if you remember this, Stephen. It's an HBO show that came out earlier this year. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, yeah, Chike saw it, and he finished it up, and he liked it. And so I finally got a chance to. And it, it's basically an alternate history 
1940 that Charles Lindbergh, who's anti or who's America first and kind of uh, a Nazi sympathizer and anti-Semitic at the time, wins the uh, presidency and how and it tells it's us what now. Yeah, and so that's so it's kind of it's very relevant actually. So we watching it, they they've definitely changed a few things because it was based on a book by Philip Roth from two thousand and four, but there's a lot of similarities of how, yeah, the and it's through the eyes of this Jewish family in New Jersey, and it's just kind of how things kind of just started changing, and you know, um, very good watch. It is slow in parts. I will say that don't don't watch it late at night or you're gonna fall asleep, but. Um, yeah, definitely check it out. Nice, nice. I actually watched a movie, um, Neil Long and Omar Epps, uh, on Netflix called Fatal Affair. And yeah. first of all, it's great seeing Neil Long on the screen. Both of them did great with their acting. Um, it's the same kind of movie we've all seen, uh, where pretty much, you know, she, her high school friend comes back and pretty much stalks her, her and her family. And he's he makes this relationship that they have in his head and it's it's good but it, it's a, it was good it was good a lot of people were talking about it but um there was a few mishaps in the movie like one scene she has the phone upside down <laughs> and another scene um they showed something with his license like the picture was kind of weird and then he it was like perfect penmanship like of him signing his name it was just you know you know the internet yeah. name, never stopped but i thought it was good it was definitely worth watching and um you know, I think it's good for Netflix. You know, it was a good Netflix release. It wasn't, it, it wouldn't have been a box okay. kind of thing. But yeah, yeah that, that did come out this past weekend. And I did yeah. see that on the list. But uh -huh. um, yeah, it didn't get a lot of good reviews. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, it's interesting. And, and just a sidebar. So I know you you pretty much enjoy everything you watch. But Not really. um, it's, is there anything you don't enjoy? Because I see every time you review something, you're like, oh, you know, it's pretty good, or I like that. But no, there are some things that like... uh, some things I watch I don't really like, but um, I'm a good uh, movie picker. I can say that. Okay, okay, because because yeah, I see, and it, yeah, that's it's not a critical thing because you know, cheeky and I can be critical, and not everyone has to be critical. But right. I just uh, just curious because yeah, yeah there's uh, some disappointments. There's some disappointments. And hopefully, you you know, you're seeing kind of the little bit of inconsistencies and it doesn't take a lot, but yeah, like little mistakes where you're like, they could have been a little more aware on That's set. That's the one upside I down saw the most with her. The, most, the one I saw the most when people were talking about the phone being upside down. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's unforgivable. Yeah. I did see The Last Dance is now on Netflix. So oh, I do yeah. want to check that out. I know yeah, you and for everyone who, met, good who series. missed who missed oh yeah the last dance i was about to say yeah that's on netflix i saw it today on here yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all right yeah it's very interesting because it was like a netflix purchased the rights but they put it on espn first for some reason so and it's number, uh, it's number four it. it's number four on uh the, you know the top 10 for netflix yeah as well. yeah so uh one quick question before we go to uh did you catch up on hamilton yet no, I oh, you're watching. I was building all sixteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> movies, and now and still no Hamilton. Uh, uh, no, I need to watch it though. I want to watch it. You'll love it. I definitely will. All right, Adam. Well, always thank you for letting us know what to spend our time and our money on, and uh, have a great week. Okay. All right. Thanks. You too. All right. Right back after this.
I just cop the Rolly, saw that on my Rollies. No, he's sipping Molly. Why you sipping Starly? Rather cop a Ollie. I am such an OG. Someone call the police. Cause no one can hold me. They be getting mad though. Cause I'm getting mad though. Hating on my cash flow. I am such an asshole. No, I'm just an OG. I'm just a OG. No, I'm just a OG. Yeah, I'm just a OG. OG, OG. OG in the Ghana. OG switching lines, though. OG with the Range OG with the sign rules. I got my city in check, though. They know I'm the man, I'm the best, yo. They seeing me shine, they seeing me grind, they seeing me bag all the best hooks. I'm after the money, don't let go. I swim in the paper, no breaststroke. I chill with your chick, I just fucked your bitch. I'm kidding, these niggas, no death, no. I am a savage, had to cut off all the baggage. Keep your bread under the mattress. OG shit, we living lavish.
Welcome back to the Stephen A. Show. Now it's time for Mental Health Mondays with Ms. Parker. Ms. Parker, take it away. Happy Monday, everyone. Today, I want to share a conversation that I had with my cousin over the weekend. I was driving, had a long drive, and decided to call my cousin in Vegas. Something came up that, um, that really resonated with both of us, and we were having a conversation about um, when you are a person who is healing, and you're dealing with the person who have caused you a lot of that trauma, um, you can't look to that person to help you heal because they don't even have the tools they need to heal themselves from the things that they've done to cause you pain. And a lot of times it's, our, it's, a, it's a parent or um, an adult figure in your life as a child that let you down. So you are constantly looking to have that person approval, have that person encouragement, have that person's love, have that person cheer you on and be your, in, a, be in your corner. That person cannot give you what they do not have. If they were capable of doing that, they would be doing it for themselves. The reason that they are not able to give it out is because they themselves don't have it. So be mindful of who you're searching for healing through. You can't search for, for healing through a person who is wounded themselves, a person who is going through their own process of trying to figure out where their pain lies and why they're, act, why they're the way they are. Um, you're going to have to accept them for who they are and accept that you will never get those things from them. So I can give you an example. Um, let's say a child is, has grown up with a mother that may not have been emotionally or physically. And as an adult, that child is literally stuck in that space in which they felt like they've lost their mother. They are emotionally stuck at a 12-year-old or an 8-year-old. So when they're dealing with their mother, they're going to deal with their mother from that place of a 12-year-old or an 8-year-old. And they're going to want those things from their mother that's going to be soothing to an eight-year-old or a 12-year-old, but they may be 25. And so their mother is reacting to them as if you shouldn't want these things from me, you're grown. And so then that causes more trauma because the person feels reject, more and more rejected. I think the best you can do as a person who is healing and having the person who have caused you trauma still in your life is to disconnect from that person until your healing is in a place where you can process and separate the two and be able to see them for who they are and accept them for who they are and no longer need those things from them that's gonna help your journey. Because I can guarantee you, you cannot get what you need from a person who themselves does not have to give to you. Very much so, very much so. Well said. And they can find more information about your healing and the information you put out there at Our Healing Space 2020 on IG. Ms. Parker, thank you as always, and have a great uh, rest, rest of your week. Thanks, you too. All right, right back after this. She likes to read books on philosophy. She only eats at small cafes. She questions every single part of me She makes me better every day It's not the way she styles her hair Or the designer clothes she wears Her silhouette's one of a kind But most of all, she's got a beautiful mind She's got a beautiful mind She's got a beautiful mind
So many girls I see are wild and lovable But I'm looking for my queen, my Claire Huxtable The black American dream, it sounds so wonderful The only thing I need, my Claire Huxtable Being a brownstone and BK, listen to Stevie and Coltrane. I know that she out there for me. Oh yeah, have us a few kids one day. A couple of Lisa, a bone knees. I know that she out there for me. Oh yeah, so many girls I see are wild and lovable, but I'm looking for my queen, my Claire Huxtable. American dream sounds so wonderful. Only thing I need, my Claire Huxtable. My Claire, Claire, 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 my Claire Huxtable. Being a brown. I know that she out there for me Claire Huxtable Have us a few kids one day A couple of Lisa, a bone names I know that she out there for me Claire Huxtable So many girls I see Are wild and lovable But I'm looking for my queen My Claire Huxtable The black American dream Sounds so wonderful only thing I need, my Claire Huxtable. Dr. Heavenly from Bravo TV's Marriage and Medicine, and you are listening to the Stephen Knight Show. Listen, before we go, it's time to highlight our black businesses, black-owned businesses. The first one is Black and Bold. This is a specialty coffee and tea brand that donates 5% of all profits to aid at-risk youth. Uh, they sell a vast array of different coffees and flavor profiles. You can also subscribe to get reoccurring orders. Again, that's called Black and Bold. Then we have Pure Home, P-U-R-H-O-M-E. And this is um, non-toxic, all-natural cleaning products. Um, and they have cleaning products as well as laundry detergent. Pure Home, check them out. Then our last but not least is called Crown Candle Company. This is a Brooklyn-based company that makes candles with 100% coconut wax, 100% cotton wicks. The candles are hand-pured and they use faucet-free 
fragrant oils. That's Crown Candled Company. I just want to thank you again for joining us tonight. Really appreciate you tuning in. Shout out to attorney Pamela Stewart and to Demarius Lee of Sugar Baby Waxen for joining us tonight. Hope you all have a great week. Recipes again to John Lewis and to um, Mr. Uh, Vivian, C.T. Vivian. Have a great week. Talk to you again next week. Good night. Step to the right, then side to the left.